Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in church today, right? Yep. All right. We're doing a, a, we've been doing a series on big words. How many know really every word you say is a big word? Because our words have so much power. And last week we talked about God's word and how God's word has so much power. You know, we can trust in the word. We can stand on the word. Of all of the persecution and the, the pressure and the attempts to prove God's word wrong, it still stands today. Isn't that amazing? You know, I encourage you, if you've, ever, if you've never studied the history of the Bible, if you've never studied how the Bible came to be, if you've never studied how the Bible agrees from Genesis to Revelation, how prophecies that were told thousands of years ago come true, amen, over and over and over again. If you've never done that, I encourage you to do it, amen? Because when you do it, what happens is you're, you, you just, it just stirs your faith in the Word of God. Amen? It stirs your faith that the Word is true. It's true. And we can stand on it. We can build our lives on it. Amen? And so God's Word has a lot of big words in it. And last week we talked about those. They were whosoever. They were um, whosoever, anything. Amen? You know, the Bible says whosoever comes to the Lord. And so there's no exclusions to who God loves, who God receives, who God is for. There's no exclusions to that. Aren't you glad? Amen? Somebody needs to be glad about that. You need to be glad about that. You know, there's no, there's no check marks. The only check mark to receive the love of God is human. Amen? Just human. So no matter how good we are, no how bad we are, we all qualify. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. Because the enemy's always trying to tell you why you don't qualify. Oh, you don't qualify because of this. You don't qualify because of that. But Jesus says, I came for everybody. Amen? And so if anybody ever tells you that God doesn't love somebody or God's not for somebody, God's not for their victory, God's not for their restoration, God's not for their healing, God's not for their provision, God's not for their peace, God's not for their joy in their life, and say, oh, not for them. You can just look right at them and say, that's not what the Word says. That's not what God said. Amen? Anybody ever said something about you that's not true? I met a few. Or, you know, what really gets me is when people are talking and they're like, oh, you said this. And I'm thinking like, I never said that. I never said that. Right? Anybody ever say you said something you never said? Boy, that happens to God all the time. People are always saying God said things God never said because God's word is what he said. Amen? God's word is what he said. And in God's word, the Bible tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. So if you're on planet earth, you're loved. Amen? That's just rocket science right there. That's just deep. We are deep in here this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever. Whosoever. Who's a whosoever? I am. Everybody that you see is a whosoever. 
And God loved them enough to send Jesus for them. Amen? And so we talked last week about how many big words there were in the Bible and, and just how, how we frame our world. God framed the world with his words. And his word tells us, and we learned this last week, that I frame my world with my words. Amen? So the words that I'm speaking have power to create in my life. Just like the words you speak have power to create in your life. The Bible says the power of life and death is in my tongue. A lot of times we're looking here and we're looking here for power. Like, oh man, if I had that, I'd have some power. If I had more money, I'd have power. If I knew the right people, I'd have power. If I was this, I'd have power. And the Bible says if you just have a tongue, you've got power. That's pretty deep. I'm deep this morning. I'm deep. I ate my Wheaties this morning. I'm deep. I didn't really eat Wheaties this morning, just that way. <laughs> spiritual Wheaties. I had my spiritual Wheaties this morning. Ooh, that'd be a good sermon title, Spiritual Wheaties. Somebody write that down. Somebody write that down. But the thing is, is that we're always looking for power when God says, hey, you've got power right there in your life. You've got power to change your life, to better your life, to redirect your life. It's right here, right here in your mouth. We have power. Amen? And so we learned last week, I don't have these for you up here, but I just want to review for you for a second just really quick. The Bible tells me in Proverbs 18, it says that we eat the fruit of our words. So we said last week, if you don't like what you're eating in your life, if you don't like what's going on in your life, you need to change your words because whatever you're eating, you spoke. Did you get that? It says we eat the fruit of our words. If your life, if your life is sour, quit planting lemons. Come on, Amen. Quit planting lemons. If, you're, if your life is just really sour and you don't like the way that, it, that it's going and the way that it tastes, well, quit planting lemon trees because we eat the fruit of our words. So if you don't like what, what you're eating, you got to change what you're saying. The Bible says in Matthew 12, it says that we, we bring forth things with our words. The Bible says in James 3, it says that we can turn our whole body around with our words. You know, you can turn a marriage around with your words. You can turn a job situation around with your words. Anybody ever work with somebody, no matter what, no matter what, they're just, they complain and they're negative and it's just terrible. Anybody, don't point, don't point. You know, it's just, you just, and you're just like, oh. Please stop talking, and then you realize it's you. <laughs> but, you know, and then we work with people that are positive and excited, and, and look, at you know, even though stuff happens, you know, we can, we can say, you know, hey, we're going to get through this. Man, I like people like that in my corner. I like people that talk about solutions and not problems. And the Bible says we can turn, we can turn. So if you've got something you need to turn around, you're like, man, I wish this situation would turn around. You can turn it around with your words because our words have power. The Bible tells us that all through the word, all through the Bible, all 66 books, it's all about the power of our words. Amen. And then we, we learn in, in Mark eleven twenty three that we can move mountains with our words. Now, that doesn't mean we go, you know, go to the Rocky Mountains and stand there and say, move, you know, don't be weird. Mountains... Don't, I told you not to point. I said, don't point. Don't point. Don't look at anybody. Don't point. We can move mountains. In the Bible. When the Bible talks about mountains in your life, it's stuff that's in the way. 
It's stuff that's in the way. It's stuff that's in the way for you to go where God has for you to go. It's poverty. You know, God doesn't like poverty. God's not into people not having enough. God's not into greediness either. God's not into that either. God's not into us, into sickness. God's not, he's not the author of sickness. He's not the one that puts sickness on. God's a healer, amen? And so when we have stuff in our life and it's a hindrance, it's in our way. You know, the Bible says that that's a mountain. And some mountains are huge and some mountains are not as huge. But here's the thing. The Bible says that I can speak to them. And if I believe in my heart, if I believe in my heart and I speak to them, that they'll move. But here's what we do. We like to talk about mountains. And we like to claim mountains as our own. You know? And you say, oh, Pastor Peggy, those, that, that doesn't, it, you know, because I, I correct people in a nice way. That's my job. You know, that's my job. When people say, oh, my, my, uh, my oh, what's the disease? Uh, my uh, diabetes, my blood pressure, my high blood pressure, my, uh, what's another one? Oh, my anxiety. There's one. My depression. Listen, I don't want to own those things. And you say, oh, those are just words. Every word's a big word. Every word word has power. Because the enemy is listening for the words that you speak. And we stamp ownership on things with our words. With our words. And if you don't want to own something, don't put your name on it. Because whenever you say, when I say this is my house, at my house, when I say this is my house, you know what? My name's on my house. My name's on the, on the mortgage. It's on, it's on the deed. It's on, you can Google it. And it's going to say, you know, that's Scott and Peggy's house. Because that's my house. But you know what? There's things I don't want to be mine. And my words have power. There's a spiritual battle that we're facing. And people are like, oh, you're getting really out there. You're getting out there. Listen, I'd rather be out there and be walking in the things of God, amen, than not be. God said your words have power. And you may look at me and say, that's just weird. Well, that's okay. It's still the word. Amen? The word of God doesn't always make sense to your natural head. But it's still the word. And the Bible says if I speak to these mountains, he says that I can say some things and they'll come to pass. And we've talked all about that the last couple weeks. We had Dr. Larry Hutton in here talking about it, did such a great job. Then we came in, we talked a little more about it. It was the power of our words. And we know the power, and if you don't think words have power, then you're number one, not married. (laughs) Or maybe that's why you're not married. (laughs) You know? Words have power. Because just one word, this one word, can have so much power. You know what that word is? Whatever. Whatever. There are ways that you can say that word that could literally enrage someone. You know you've been there. Where you're having a conversation and you just look at the person and you're just like, whatever. And you know what? Suddenly, the atmosphere in the room has changed, right? What happened? It was a word. One word has power. 
has power. And so today we're going to talk about the power of the words we speak. Power of the words we speak. And if you find yourself saying this often, then this message is for you. All right, you ready? If you find yourself saying this often, this message is for you. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. If you're constantly have to explain what you meant because people are taking what you said wrong, then your words need work. Your words need work. Or your, your words need an inventory. You know, every once in a while, we need to do an inventory of our vocabulary. And we need to inventory, does my words, does my vocabulary sound more like the things of God or more like the things of the world, which is just how everybody, people without God talk. When we say the world, and the Bible says the world, it's talking about people without God. And so if I do a word inventory, and sometimes it's really hard to do it on ourself, isn't it? Because when we're being conscious of our words, and we're, you know, I always joke that I wanted to put my phone in my pocket and put the record button. But see, when you know it's there, what do you do? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Bless your darling heart, right? You know, I mean, you sound like super Christian. But if somebody else were to sneak it in there, then we'd find out how we really sound. And so we need to do a word inventory because our words are so powerful. And so over in James chapter 1, look, verse number 19, let's look at this so you can see that I'm not making this up. It's really in the word. James chapter 1, verse number 19, we're going to talk about what to do when we're always saying that's not what I meant. What to do when we're always saying that's not what I meant. And first thing we need to do is James 1, 19, he says, understand this. How many know if somebody tells you to understand this, it's important? Understand this. It's like, listen, don't just hear this, understand this. Don't just let it go in one ear and out the other. Understand the importance of it. Understand the impact of it. And he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. How, what do we know? If, if the Bible says brothers and sisters, who's it talking to? It's talking to believers. It's talking to Christians. And he says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. We talked about this in our marriage connect, uh, our, uh, connect group for couples on Friday night. And the question in our book was, what would happen in our relationships if all of us practiced this verse? They'd be better, wouldn't they? So he says, understand this. Understand this, Christians. Understand this, believers. You must all. So none of us can say like, oh, that's just my, that's my culture. That's just my, my family. That's what we do. No. He says all. All of us. As believers, we need to have a new way of living as believers, we need to have a new way of communicating. When Jesus becomes Lord of our life and lives in our hearts, it should be evident by the way that we communicate. Have you ever heard, some, you know, sometimes on TV when somebody's talking, you know, even before I knew, how many like, uh, what's that show, Fixer Upper? How many don't watch TV, you're so spiritual? Okay. 
None of us. But, you know, that show Fixer Upper, even before I knew their backstory, even before I knew who they were, you could just tell there was something different about them. They were different. They communicated differently. When you run into somebody, you just know, man, something's different about you. You're not like everybody else. What's different? They're believers. Man, there's no greater compliment than somebody to say to you, you're a believer, right? What are they saying? They're saying, I can, I can see that there's something different about you. You've chosen God's way. You've chosen to let Jesus make you different. Amen? I, I don't want to be like what Paul said in Corinthians when he said he was talking to believers and he said, you're just like everybody else. You're carnal. You're unchanged. You're unchanged. We're supposed to change. If you were a crazy hothead before you got Jesus, let him change you. He will. <laughs> Amen? He will. If you had a foul mouth before Jesus, let him change you. Yep. Amen? If you were a hot temper, let him change you. It doesn't happen overnight, but you got to let him. Yeah. But we'll make excuses and say, oh, it's just how I am. I don't want to be how I am. How I am on my own got me in nothing but trouble. But God, amen? And so Paul, uh, James is saying here, he says, understand this. He's talking to believers. He's talking to the church. He said, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. We could say in our, our culture, slow to type. Slow to type, right? <laughs> And slow to get angry. Quit saying you have a short fuse. Quit saying that. Say, I, I, I've got a long fuse. It takes a lot to get me angry. You say, but that's not true. I eat the fruit of my words. I eat the fruit of my words. And I've told people this. People that know me now that didn't know me in when I was in my 20s, they think, I'm, they think I'm a different person. But the truth of the matter is, I am a different person. I was such a hothead. And people that know me now find that very difficult, well, they say they do, find it very difficult to believe. Because I just don't I, don't, I don't let myself go there anymore. I don't let myself get angry like that anymore. But I mean, I've broken phones. I threw a beeper across the road into traffic. I, I mean, there's just some things, man. You know, I mean, I just, it just, it just, I would just get so, and then I, I remember, I, I even, every time I go through this intersection, I'm reminded of when I had a beeper. This, some of you are like, what's a beeper? What's a beeper? It's a thing that beeps. It's a thing that beeps. So anyway, I had this beeper that my husband gave me because he thought it was cool, you know, and that just shows how old we are. And so, but he would, he would, you know, send me a beep, you know, and it would be like, you know, a, you know, a number, you know, where you turn the numbers and they say love, you know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. And it was just so annoying to me. I didn't find the thing amusing or enlightening or fun in any way. And so, and then he would get mad if I didn't, if I didn't beep him, if I didn't call him after he beat me. Like, I'm going to pull over, find a, hold on, find a payphone. Hello. I know I don't look that old, but I am. Find a payphone and call you to say, love you too. You know, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so I just had one too many I love you beeps. 
And I was standing on the intersection of, uh, I don't know why I was standing there. I was probably looking for a stupid payphone. And I'm standing there on the intersection of uh, Federal Highway and Boynton Beach Boulevard, and that thing beeped again, and I was I'm over this. Threw that thing right in the road, car went over it, and I was like, see ya! <laughs> I went home, and Scott's like, I've been paging you! Where's your, where's your pager? Oh, they're pagers. Where's your pager? And I was like, well, what happened was, see what happened was, you know? And so you think like, you know, how, how did you change? I let Jesus change me. I started speaking not what I was, but what I wanted to be. Did you grab that? I started saying not what I was. I'm a hot-tempered, We'll just stop there. I stopped saying that. Hot-tempered, pager-tossing, phone-breaking. Beep, 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 right? That's what I was. But I said, you know, I want to be, be a peaceful person. I want to have peace. I don't want to be addicted. Listen to me. I don't want to be addicted to drama. I don't want to be addicted to drama. Some people, if you don't have your own drama, you'll just stir some up. If you don't have your own, you'll borrow somebody else's. You'll get in everybody else's fight because you don't have one of your own. Man, I used to be like that. And I said, I don't don't want to live like that. I do not want to live like that because it is robbing me. I can't serve the Lord like this. So I began to speak over myself, not what I was, what I knew God wanted me to be. And I began to say, and I'll tell you what, it was crazy at first. I began to say, I have a long fuse. I am not easily agitated. I am far from drama and dramatic people. I do not say things to stir stuff up. I do not say things to build, to say things that are untrue to make things bigger than they are for the sake of drama. Hello. I'm just being honest with you. I, was all, I did all those things. And I began to say, I am Christ-like. Yes. Amen? And you know what? Slowly but surely, it's not like I never broke another phone, because I did. I never threw another pager, because I never, shocking, I never got another one. Um, but I just began to be different. Why? Because I began to say, what God said I was and what God wanted me to be and not what I was. And I began to eat a different fruit in my life. You know, that was, that was almost 30 years ago. Isn't that amazing? But you know what? God's word works. And so when the word says, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, we can't say, oh, but that's not me. That can be you. And we need to say, that can be me. That can be me. That is me. That is me. I am slow to speak. I am slow to speak. I am quick to listen. I am slow to get angry. That's who I am. You say, well, and if your friends say, well, that doesn't look like you, say, it is me in Jesus' name. It is me. And when people keep trying to bring up the old you, you need to look right at them and say, you know what? That person no longer exists. I'm changing. I'm changing by the power of God. 
I don't want to stay the same. Amen? I don't want to stay the same. And so today we want to talk about just our words. Because the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 18, oh, it's such a powerful verse. Man, you can grab a hold of this. He says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a story about myself. And it was really one of those moments where I was like, man, I got to get a grip. I had a, a friendship and it was a, a person in, and we were uh, fighting about something. This is years ago. And I remember I, I said something to them. I said these words and I, I won't repeat them. I said these words and that friendship never recovered from those words because the words I spoke pierced that person like a sword. I could see it. As soon as I said the words, I could see the wound that they had caused. I could see the pain that I had inflicted on that person. I could see it in their face. And as much as I said, I am sorry, I didn't mean it, that you please forgive me. Once words are spoken, you can never take them back. No amount of apology, no amount of I'm sorry, no amount of that's not what I meant can erase what you said. Can you heal from them? Sure, but it takes a lot, especially in marriage, especially in marriage. That's why we cannot let our words be reckless. If we had a chainsaw, and we're running around with the chainsaw, and we're not being careful with it, you would be like, what are you doing? You're nuts. You're going to hurt somebody. But we do the same thing with our big flapper. Just going, saying whatever we think. Well, somebody had to say it. Did they? Did they? Did it really need to be said? Are you the one to say it? And how did you say it? Reckless words. Our mouth has more power than a chainsaw. How many of us in here, and don't raise your hand, but just think about it for a minute. How many of us in here can think about words that a parent spoke over us, that a friend, uh, a, a spouse, a teacher, a pastor, or somebody, something somebody said, and man, we still feel the pain of it today. Even though we're grown we can still feel the pain of some words somebody said to us when we were in probably junior high. That's like the worst. When we were in junior high school or something. And see why? Because reckless, reckless words pierce like a sword. And just like if somebody was waving a sword around here, waving a chainsaw around here, we would be like, you, you need to quit doing that. You're going to hurt somebody. But yet we're doing the same thing with our mouth. And those, those, those words, that sticks and stones thing, that's a lie. Because words hurt. But words can also heal. And we need to make a decision, which side of that do I want to be on? You say, well, how do you tell something that's, that's tough and that's hard? The Bible says that love speaks the truth. Listen, you got no business telling somebody a truth that they need to hear unless you love them. And when you love somebody... You'll tell him the right way. Somebody's like, well, somebody ought to tell him. You're probably not the person then. 
You're probably not the person. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And you say, you know what? I, I need more wisdom so I know what to say. The Bible says in James, if anyone lacks wisdom, everybody raise your hand. That's me. I lack wisdom. Wisdom, knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge is knowing something. Wisdom is how to use it. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give it to you without restraint. That means there's no limit. And so if you're saying, man, I got to get a grip with my words, first thing you need to do is ask the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom with my words. I ask you for wisdom on the right words to say. You know, before, when we were praying back here and when we pray over these services, we ask, we say, Lord, fill our mouths with the right words to say. Because we want to say the right words because we know how powerful words are. And so when we think about words, turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to talk, we're just going to do a word inventory today. Everybody ready for that? Just a word inventory. We're going we're gonna to just inventory ourselves and say, man, you know, what's coming out of, what's coming out of this? Because there's life and death is coming out of here. Life and death. Parents, life and death is coming out of here. Amen? Life and death. So he says here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 4, it says, all right, now ready? Pull your toes back because we're going to step on them a little bit. Here you go. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. I'm just going to go. <laughs> Everybody's looking at me like, the Bible says that? Yes. Obscene stories, foolish, jo foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You're saying, well, does that mean I can never joke? No. Listen, if you've been around here, you know we love to laugh. We love jokes. But here's the thing. Coarse jokes are jokes that are hurtful. You say, oh, well, they laughed. Listen, how many times have we laughed instead of cried because of a joke? How many times have we said the joke first before somebody else said it for us? Joking sometimes is one of the biggest defense mechanisms someone has. Coarse jokes are jokes that are, that are uh, you know what a coarse joke is. It doesn't feel right. You know why? Because it's not for you. It's not for you. He said, these are not for you talking to believers. He said, obscene stories. Listen, there's just some stories we don't need to be telling. There's some stories we, we don't need to be reading. You know, and, and you know, it's easy for me now because I work, I work here. I work for the church. But you know, there's a time where as soon as I would walk into the, the break room or walk into the office, everybody would stop talking. And that's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. But you know what? I'd rather be uncomfortable with the world and comfortable with God. Amen. Because I'm going to answer to God. I don't answer to you. Amen. I answer to God. And so I'd walk into the room and everybody would be like, oh, Peggy's here. Hold, hold on, hold on. And I'd be like, oh, you know, okay, I'll go out. You can finish your story. That's, a, that's uncomfortable. I didn't get invited out to lunch sometimes. I didn't get invited to the parties because, uh, you know what my nickname was? You ready? Sister Peggy. And I'd be like, I am not Catholic. 
Sister Peggy's here. No, she's not coming. That's Sister Peggy. That was tough. That was hard. But you know what I got to say to all those guys now? Look at me now. It pays. It pays to do things God's way. You know? Because I don't say look at me now like, hey, look at me standing. I don't say look at me now. I've been married for almost 25 years pretty happily. I've got peace. I've got joy. I have relationships that I wouldn't trade for anything. There's, there's not a whole lot of pain in my life. And I don't say that to brag on me. I say that to brag on God. Amen. You do things God's way, it pays. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was hard. It was tough. But you know what? The word said, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. But let me tell you something. There was a time I could tell some jokes. I could be wicked, just vicious with sarcasm. And then I, then I started reading about the power of my words. Coarse jokes. Listen, just because something's funny doesn't mean it needs to be said. Words can do so much to encourage, to strengthen, and refresh people. And really, they're tools. Our words are like tools that we can use in wise, creative, unpredictable, relevant, and redemptive ways. Your words can have power over somebody. I remember, a, a, you know, a, a mom was telling me one time, this is a funny story that's happened years ago when I was a youth pastor. And we used to go out to dinner after a youth group. And so I was sitting next to this kid and he had just come into youth. He was only 12. You know, when they were 12 years old, they come in. And when they first started coming into youth group, they'd always hang around with me because, I don't know, they needed that maternal, you know, they wanted to feel safe and all the big kids were there. And so they'd always hang around with me and then gradually they'd move and they'd, they'd feel a little confident. They'd hang around Pastor Scott, you know, and then they'd hang around with the kids. And so, but this one kid was sitting next to me and we were talking. I looked at him and I said, man, you've got the best teeth. You just got a great smile. Your teeth are so straight and so, I mean, so white. I mean, you just got a great smile. And so about two weeks later, that kid's mom came up to me and said, I don't know what you said to so-and-so, but they've been looking in the mirror, just smiling and smiling. And I asked him what they were doing the other day, and they said, oh, Pastor Peggy said, I got the best smile. Look at how great my smile is. Words have power. Words have power. And you say, well, that, that, that wasn't super spiritual. Listen, whenever you build somebody, you're always working for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Whenever you build somebody up, you're always working for Jesus. So words are powerful. We, we live in a, in a culture that's very loose with their words. Very loose. People just, they just, man, it's just, it's just like a, a garbage dump. You know, I've been with people and they're just throwing up vocabulary. And it's less like, ugh. I was sitting in a restaurant the other day and the people behind me, they were just throwing up vocabulary. You know, just talking and, you know, and finally I was just, you know, and, and maybe, you know, maybe if you were there, you would have said something to them, but, but I didn't. I didn't feel led to, you know, I didn't turn around and bind the spirit of porno, uh, profanity or anything like that. I was just like, I'm out of here. Because it just, it just, it just, I just didn't enjoy it. I don't want to enjoy that conversation. You know, that's why people are like, oh, let's go see this movie. And I'm like, that movie has the F word in it 120 times, and it's a two-hour movie. <coughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. 
Amen? I don't want to be comfortable with it. You know, somebody said to me, they're like, well, it doesn't bother me. And I said, that's the problem. It should. It's supposed to bother you. Because the Bible says, that's not for you. That's not for you. And that what he said? He said, these are not for you. So let's do an inventory. Something I want us to hear today is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and 30. Words can actually, listen to me, grieve the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I need all the help I can, I can get from the Holy Ghost. How about you? I need his anointing to speak. I, I need his help, <coughs> excuse me, to preach the gospel. And, and, and I don't, I don't want to grieve him, but the Bible says in Ephesians, it says, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You know, we have, we have a, we're under the dispensation, that's a big Bible word, the dispensation of grace, that's true. And God loves you, and God cares for you, and God forgives, and God, God lifts you, and he, there, you know, we can run to God whenever we mess up, but there is a change that is supposed to take place in a believer's life. Amen. Grace is not an allowance and a go-get-free card to do whatever I want. Grace is an empowering to me to live like Jesus. And it doesn't mean I do it perfectly or you do, but it means I try. <coughs> Excuse me. It means that I, I recognize there needs to be a change in me. Yes. There needs to be a change. I came across this uh, picture and it's become my favorite. And it's a caterpillar talking to a butterfly. A caterpillar talking to a butterfly. Get that picture in your mind. And the caterpillar says to the butterfly, you've changed. And the butterfly says back to the caterpillar, he says, we're supposed to. We're supposed to. And so if you're here and you're like, man, the things of God, the presence of God, the word of God, it hasn't changed to me. You're still, you're in a caterpillar stage. But there's a butterfly life for you. Yes. But you got to let God change you. If you still sound the same, you're not letting God change you because that's the first place change takes. That's the first place that change comes is in our words, how we talk, how we sound. Amen? I don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. And that, you know, when you think about that, see, we're under such a dispensation of grace. The thought of grieving the Holy Spirit is like, oh, no, God loves me. Yes, God loves me, but his presence is holy. Yes, yes God loves me. Yes, God is for me. Yes, God forgives me. But he is also holy. And my words can grieve him. And you say, and not, not, just, not just curse words and things like that, but when I speak the problem, when I agree with the enemy, when I gossip and complain, when I tear somebody down, that grieves the Holy Spirit because it is so different from God. And so my words can grieve him. And so as we do this word inventory, that's something to consider. What does the Holy Ghost think of these words? What's the Holy Ghost think of this conversation? 
Amen? Another thing to consider when we're doing our word inventory is words can get you in trouble. <clears throat> you ever hear the expression that we're, you're hung by the tongue? When I was a youth pastor, I did a message similar to this, and I made a big tongue costume. It was just a big red thing that went over, and we had somebody come in, and they ran all around the room all crazy, and they, you know, we couldn't control them. Because you need to control your tongue. And then somebody lassoed him and controlled it. That's good, that's good. That's good right? That's good. I was looking for that tongue costume. I couldn't find it. It'd be about be 20 years old now, but still. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 20, it says, A man of perverse heart does not prosper. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into trouble. Words can get you into trouble. <clears throat> We've been known to cause our own trouble. Sometimes we're blaming the enemy. Blame, oh, the devil. And the devil's like, I didn't do that. That was you. That was you and your big mouth. The enemy doesn't do a lot of stuff he gets blamed for. It's us. We cause our own trouble a lot of times. The upright speak what is helpful, the Bible says. Because words can get you in trouble. He whose tongue is deceitful falls into trouble. And then another thing when we're doing our word inventory, and now listen to me here. This is a, this is a big one. Words will reveal rebellion. Words will reveal a rebellious streak. Rebellion is a big thing. You know, it's like, oh, be a rebel. No, not really. Don't be a rebel for the, against the things of God. Don't be a rebel. Don't try to impress people with your carnal words. You know, I remember seeing on, on the news, and, and you can write me a letter if you want. I don't, I don't really care. But there was a pastor, and, and he's no longer in ministry. But he pastored a large church. And he came out across his platform, and he began to minister, and he started cursing. Started cursing. And he said he wanted to be relevant. He wanted to be relevant. Listen, the world doesn't need anybody to be relevant. They need us to be holy. They need us to be Christ-like. They need us to be different. If, I, if, if you're drowning, you don't want me to jump right in and drown with you so I can be relevant. Right? If you're drowning, oh, let me make you feel comfortable and jump in. Then we're both drowning. If somebody's drowning, they need a lifeline. A lifeline. They need, a, they need the word of God. They need the power of God. They need the presence of God. They don't need me to jump in and be just like them. And I tell you, my heart broke. It broke when that happened. Because I, I, it's, it's rebellion. Because James clearly said, course talk, I've seen stories. It's not for you. It's not for me. Don't try to impress people with, with how worldly you are, but you still go to church. Let's impress people with how holy we are. Let's impress people with how much God has changed us. Amen? Amen? And, and more importantly, let's not try to impress people. Let's let Jesus impress people. 
But the Bible says this in Proverbs 10.32. He says, the upright speak what is helpful. The wicked speak rebellion. We need to call ourselves on the carpet and make a decision to quit using certain words or phrases that don't sit right with us. You say, how do I know what those are? The Holy Ghost is on the inside of you. And when you say certain things, there's just a scratchy, itchy feeling. And, you're, and you just know, man, that's not for me. It's not for me. The Holy Ghost will be your guide. But let's let this be our prayer, just in closing. This is such a good word. And if you, if you struggle with your mouth, write this verse down. Psalms 141, verse 3, out of the message. Post a guard at my mouth, God. Set a watch at the door of my lips. Post a guard at my mouth, God. Set a watch at the door of my lips. God will help you if you want to change. God will help you. I encourage you. Say this prayer with me. I'm going to say it. You disagree with it. Don't, don't say it word for word after me. And if you want it after we're done, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Father, I ask your forgiveness for any words I've spoken that were not pleasing to you. And I ask for your help to do better. I ask you to put a guard on my mouth. I want to speak words that please you and help point people to you in Jesus' name. Lord, put a guard on my mouth. Help me say the right words. You know what I say? I say, Lord, alert me if I'm saying things that grieve you. Alert me. And you know what? Sometimes I'll get ready to say something and just on the inside, the Holy Ghost is alerting me and saying, stop talking. Stop talking. The other day we were in the car, my husband said something and I'll tell you what, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and I, my, if you could have seen on the inside, my head spun around. I was just like, what in the world are you talking about? That's what I was thinking. And I began, man, I, was, I could feel it coming up. I could feel it coming. And I was just about ready to just be like, what? And the Holy Ghost just said, don't say a word. And so I just didn't say a word. And we drove to dinner. And the whole time, we didn't say a word. How many married people know that feeling? Oh, it's the worst. You're both just sit there waiting for the other person to say something. And the Holy Ghost said, don't say a word. So I didn't say anything. I just said, Lord, help me to see this situation from your perspective. Help me to walk in love. Help me to listen and understand. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me before my head explodes. Help me. See, those are good prayers. Help me before I just go off. Help me. And you know what? By the time we got to where we're going, everything, it all worked out. Perspective came. But it could have been, could have been, you know, the enemy will put out some bait. It's up to us not to take it. We got to pray and ask the Lord, help me, help me.
So, Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for your help with our words. Our words have so much power. Help us remember that. If we are reckless talkers, Lord, we ask for your help. If we are slow listeners, Lord, we ask for your help to be, to, to, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Lord, help us as we do a word inventory. Help us see who we sound like because our heart's desire is to sound like you. Our words have power. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our words have the power to take us from darkness to light, to take us from not being part of the family of God to being born again and saved all by our words. The Bible says, whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I've never used my words to do that. But I want to today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want to use my words. I'm not going to call you up. You're not going to have to say it by yourself. We'll all say it with you. I want to use my words to confess what I believe in my heart, that Jesus is Lord. If that's you, just raise your hand up big and tall and say, Peggy, that's me. Anybody like that before we move on? Oh, thank you, Lord. We're all heading in the same direction. Father, I thank you that this week you help us be aware of our words and that we would bring words of healing, words that draw people to you, words that show the change that is happening in our lives, that we would go from caterpillar to butterfly, all in you. In Jesus' name, let's all say amen, 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 amen. Hope you got something out of that today. Let's watch our words.